Hello and welcome to Music Maker San Diego, formerly Music Spotlight San Diego, where we shine the light on local songwriters and their music. Brought to you by Writers Round San Diego, a place where San Diego songwriters come together every Monday night at Park and Rec. Presented by Acoustic Spot and hosted by Story and Tune. Visit writersroundsd.com for more info. I'm your host, Gary Lee, and today my guest is Jay Henry. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you have been playing music, from what I understand, uh, playing music for pretty much your entire adult life. Is that right? And since I was about five years old. So, But, you know, there's been periods of time where I've focused more on it than other periods, obviously. And uh, you studied classical music when you were younger? I did. I did. When I was uh, in my 20s, I played at weddings and colleges and things like that. And, and um, was that, was that where you, your love of music kind of really kicked in? No, I'd say that when I was a kid, um, you know, I grew up in a musical household. We always had one of those 1970s organs that, you know, my parents would have a couple drinks and start banging on. And, you know, my dad had an old guitar and that's where I picked up the guitar. And, um, you know, we were always immersed in, in music. That was kind of our family fun. And uh, you got a guitar what, at what age? I didn't have a guitar. He had a guitar. Um, and at five years old, um, actually a funny story, I was actually grounded um, this at one period for a couple of weeks to my room. And um, this is before the days when you had a TV in your room or video games to play. So he brought in this jumbo guild, the thing is about twice as big as me. And he said, here, if you're going to be in your room for a couple of weeks, why don't you learn how to bang on this thing? <laughs> and uh, he... He put it in my room, and I, I picked it up, and uh, I never put it down. And, and were you, now, because you took classical training, classical music training, uh, were you listening to classical music back then, too? I've never had, actually had any musical training whatsoever. I don't read music. I've never been uh, trained by anybody. It's just something that I've been able to do on my own. Um, you know, nowadays it's a lot easier with YouTube videos and things like that where you can emulate and there's trainings everywhere. Um, but back then I would listen to the greats of Andre Segovia and John Williams and such. And I would learn how to, by ear, pick these pieces apart and learn how to play them. And that, that kind of experience that you had back then, how has that helped you get to where you are today musically? Um, I think that, you know, when you're studying something that is so technically advanced with, you know, with classical, you've got so many things going on with the different um, styles of music, the different elements of the actual technical playing, um, that when you take that and you move that into something that's more of a singer-songwriter style or maybe even a pop style, I think that you find that a lot of those, of the the latter styles that I mentioned, become a lot easier um, because of it. And who who were you listening to back then? Oh, Anissa Grovia, John Williams. Oh, so when I was growing up, it was mostly 70s music. I mean, okay. it was Gordon Lightfoot. It was the Carpenters. It was the stuff my parents would play. So um, I grew up loving Jim Croce. Um, Glenn Campbell is one of my heroes. So, I mean, those are the those are the musicians, Roy Clark, um, that I grew up listening to and, and really wanting to emulate. Classical came about because I realized at a young age I didn't like to sing. Um, and so I felt it was a way for me to perform without being in a band. Um, that I could actually do something and kind of be on my own, kind of solo performing. Have you ever been in a band? Um, about five years ago was the first time I tried it, and it was fun. But, uh, you know, I have a very regimented practice schedule. I like to play about three hours every morning. I get up at five and play till about eight. And 
most of the people that I played with wanted to practice once every couple of weeks and call it good. And that's just not my, that's not my style. Uh, you are uh, going to play three original songs for us today. I am, yes. Tell us about the first one. So the first song, so going back into writing music, I had never written music before until about a year and a half ago. Um, I'd always just played music that, you know, again, emulating other people, listening by ear, nowadays watching YouTube videos. But, um, you know, in that uh, effort, I've put together a pretty strong music calendar. I have an agent that gets me all kinds of nice shows and I play and I have a ball performing. That's really what I love to do. Um, but when the, um, when COVID hit, all of my shows just stopped and I had nothing to do. And, you know, I really wanted a reason to keep the practice schedule up. And so my wife said, well, why don't you write a song? And I said, I've never written a song. I don't even know what I'd write a song about. She goes, well, why don't you write a song about me? <laughs> and I thought, well, geez, how do you say no to that? <laughs> so I gave it a go, and um, it was the first song I ever wrote, and it uh, was nominated this year for a San Diego Music Award for the Acoustic Song of the Year. And, uh, you know, it's getting a little play here and there. Um, people tend to like it. Um, I don't have any huge uh, expectations of anything grandiose, but I'm having a hell of a time with it. And what's the name of the song that you're going to play? It's called How Many Days. All right, whenever you're ready. Okay, thank you.
One more thing if I should go You made the one you come to know You taught me grace and how to be At peace with being me Is your uh, what did your wife think of that song? She cries. Yeah. <laughs> when I play it live, I always dedicate it to her, and yeah. she'll you know she's usually got a glass of wine or two, and she'll she likes it. Yeah. She's you know we're we're very close, so I think there's I think she knows there's a lot of truth in it. And that was your first song. It was the first song I ever wrote. Yes. And how long ago did you write that? Uh, about eighteen months ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. So during the pandemic. Yes. A lot of writing was done during the pandemic. I think so. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people to say that's what we did yep. with our time down yep. and, and no gigs. Um, according to your website, you spend much of your time writing new music and cinematic scores. Are uh, any of those that we would know? Have you been no. able to get those on uh, out there? No, that's that's my charge. That's what I'm. That's what I, I feel like the music that I write would be better served in cinema than it would on radio. I, I tend to write pretty deep emotional things that would support a, a motion picture or a dramatic television show, I think, a little more than it would uh, serve a radio station or a top 40 list. So that's really been my focus is to write music that will be picked up in that for that usage. And I noticed you're, uh, you, you uh, finger pick. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer that over using a pick? Well, I do both. Um, all the songs that I've written so far, and there's only been seven or eight of them, but they've all been finger-picking, so probably to answer your question, thus far it'd be yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> haven't, uh, haven't been doing it that long. No, it's kind of new to me. Um, now you mentioned some of the music you were listening to when mm-hmm. you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, what about today? Who do you listen to these days? Oh, I'd say my f- favorite um, or my greatest inspirations for songwriting would be probably Radiohead, Fiona Apple. Um, There's an artist out of Los Angeles, Madison Cunningham, that I just, I think she's a fantastic uh, songwriter and performer. Um, Yeah, that would probably be it. Beatles, of course. Yeah. Um, So so with all the writing that you've been doing Mm -hmm. over the last 18 months, do you set a time, a certain time in the day? I know you practice mm-hmm. for three hours in the morning on your on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Do you set aside a time uh, to write, or does it just come to you, jot notes down, and then go back to it later? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think for me, I can't write just to write. I mean, things have to happen in my life or around me that really kind of motivates me to speak out um, through through music. Um, 
you know, I think if I was signed or something and I had deadlines to produce music or to write music, I might have a different take on it. But for right now, what I do is, you know, if something really inspires me and I feel like I've got something that I can emotionally say about it, then then I'll jump in. So where does that inspiration come from? Oh, geez. Um, Mostly through family and friends and, I mean, some, you know, things that are going on in the world. There's a lot to write about now. Yeah, (laughs) there's definitely a lot to write about now. (laughs) Um, Who are some of your favorite songwriters? Favorite songwriters? Uh, I really liked uh, Jim Croce as a songwriter. Um, I felt like his guitar work was impeccable. His um, use of of different phrasings with the guitar was fantastic. Um, A lot of his messages were very, very simple, which, um, you know, is quite interesting when you think of him in terms of great songwriters. Um, I also really, really uh, have always admired James Taylor. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, he's another one of those greats. I mean, if you look at his catalog, I mean, there's just so many incredible. Yeah, great, great music. Um, You know, more current um, writers. Um, I like a lot of John Mayer's work. I like a lot of Dave Matthews' work. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on the mood I'm in and what I want to listen to. But, um, geez, they're all great songwriters. Yeah, I got to see uh, James Taylor and Jackson Brown when they were in town mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. Yeah, he's fantastic. Great show. Uh-huh. Uh, you're listening to Music Makers San Diego, formerly Music Spotlight San Diego, brought to you by Writers Round San Diego. We're talking with Jay Henry today. Mm-hmm. What is the next song you're going to sing and the backstory to it? So this next one, I haven't actually performed this anywhere. So this is a brand new one. So you're going to be first. I actually recorded it just so that I had a published you know, version of it. But um, it's not polished by any means. Um, but I wrote this. Um, I have a grandmother who's 95 years old. And she's in a care home. And she's she's been flirting with her end of her life for a while now and um, as she's been doing so she becomes a little more um, well dementia has kicked in and so she's, a lot of times she doesn't know who I am or, or where she's at but the one thing she kept saying that she kept seeing my grandfather in the room and he's been he passed in 92 and I thought well that's really strange she must really be kind of losing it and then I read online that a lot of people, when they're getting close to the end, they claim that they see their loved ones waiting for them on the other side. And so I wrote a song about that. And like I said, my song matter is typically not, uh, it's not bubbly toes and banana pancakes. Um, <laughs> but that's just how I am. And that's what inspires me to write. Hey, whatever, whatever works for you. Yeah. All right.
So playing a song like that, mm-hmm. does it get you emotional, especially because it's so personal for you? Yeah, actually it does. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of measures in there when I hit them. Sometimes it kind of makes my hair stand up on my neck a little bit because they are. It's very visceral. I mean, like I said, for me, I don't see the point in writing music unless it actually means something. Right. And do you hope that your songs that you write are relatable to uh, for others? I don't know how others. that, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I don't know how that couldn't be relatable because, you know, that's a part of life for everyone. And if, you know, if you've, if you've lived long enough, you've been around it, you've seen it, you've experienced it. Right. Um, you know, it's just, again, part of life. Yeah. If you've lived long enough, long enough, then you've experienced something of that nature. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, you have an album, uh, it's called um, Wretched Soul. Yes. Is that your only album? That's my only one, Yes. Was that song on it, the one that you just played? No, that one hasn't been uh, oh, that's recorded you said, yet that or one, published. That's yeah. the first time you've done it yes. in front of people, right? Yes. You are nominated, as you mentioned, for a San Diego Music Award this year in the Best Folk or Acoustic Song category for the song How Many Days. That's got to feel real good. Real good. What, uh, 
What does that do for you? How does that make you feel? And, and what does it do for you in, in, in terms of your career, your musical career? Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, I think to put it in perspective, you know, I, in, you know, in my 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, I ran a business. Um, I had two kids. I mean, I didn't really get to focus on music. I, I'm not one of these people who, you know, jumped out of high school and then jumped into the music business and made a go of it. Um, I really had to kind of step away from it to make all those other things in my life make sense and work. So, you know, I really got back into music as a, you know, kind of as a, going at it full bore about five years ago and really decided that I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, you know, well and learn how to do all these things. And, and I think for me, the biggest thing is just the accomplishment of it, just to, just to really set your mind at something and know that if you put in the work and you, you know, you, you work hard at it, um, that maybe you could get a little taste of success and whether I win or not, or whether anyone ever hears the songs that I, that I write, um, I feel like for me, that's worth every, every, every minute of the time I put into it. Does it motivate you to reach higher ground with your career? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you call it much of a career, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to be able to, like I said, have my music in a, a soundtrack of a movie or, um, you know, something along those lines. Um, I, you know, I do perform um, around Southern California and also Washington State, um, usually 40 or 50 times a year. So, I mean, I love live performance, but I think another, um, I think the next step for me would be able to actually hear something that I wrote um, published in a very public forum. What's the uh, the third song you're going to play? So the third song, um, this was another COVID baby. Um, <laughs> so we had a family member uh, born smack in the middle of COVID. And, you know, there was this obviously um, outward joy of, of everyone in our family that this young guy was born. But there's a part of me with reservation in my heart knowing, gosh, what a world to be born into. And so um, the song was just, a, the words are meant to say, you've been dealt a tough hand coming into the world, um, but you're going to have to be strong and you have to rise up, you know, and that's, that's just, that's just the way it's going to have to be. And the name of the song? It's called Rise. Okay. Please 
give what we've left Born to a world that we pillaged Left you for dead Rise Open your eyes Rise Rise, child, rise That song, um, Rise, mm-hmm. reminds me of, you, you were saying, you know, it's about a child coming into this world that's kind of messed up right now, mm-hmm. as, as the Kinks once sang, mixed up, muddled up, mm-hmm. shook up world we live in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you play a lot of, uh, uh, I, I was looking at your, your calendar, and, and you're, you're booked with some gigs already into September, which is nice, mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned that you play some gigs occasionally up in Washington. Do you play up there a lot? Yeah, I, I usually do a tour up there every summer, so um, I have some places that like to have me back, and um, we have a summer home up there, so it works out really well. It's a nice place to retreat to and write and practice. It's very quiet. It's very slow. Um, my, my, my calendar seems typically is about a fifth of what it is in Southern California, so it is a good time to kind of take a step back from you know, a heavy performance schedule. Mm-hmm. Bittersweet, because I love to perform, but... And and you do private gigs too, right? I do, I do. I actually um, I do ticketed events. Um, you know, where a winery will be uh, hosting their wine club members, and they'll, you know, I'm actually playing a show tomorrow for a guy who's um, he's nearing end of life again. Sorry to bring you to the dark <laughs> side, but his family hired me to go up and uh, play a bunch of music for him um, at his hospital bed, and I'm oh, happy wow. to do so. I'm wow. happy to do so because, you know, music is music is an art form that touches. I mean, you know, you can look at a picture and you can you can hear a poem, and they do touch, but but there's something so tangible and about music that takes you right back to memories and places and times and people that, you know, I feel honored that they'd want me to to be in that moment. So I'm happy to do it. Yeah, music is the universal language. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Uh, when you do these private gigs, are you able to play originals or is it all covers that you do? Um, you know, everybody likes to hear songs they know. And, you know, at the end of the day, and that's why most of my set list is cover songs. Um, but there are a lot of people who will ask me to play my originals. You know, more and more people are starting to hear them now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they'll ask me to play them when I'm out. Um, you know, I think that it just depends on the venue and, the, and and who's listening to you. And what the occasion is? Sure, sure. Where can people find out more about you? How can they find out where you're playing? Mm-hmm. And uh, where can they listen to your music or purchase your, mu- your music? So my music is currently on uh, Apple iTunes and also Spotify. Um, you know, my website has my complete calendar at jlhenry.com. Um, that's probably the best resource. Um, you know, I, I think that just getting out in the community and listening to live music, whether it's myself or, or somebody else, is important. And uh, did you mention your website? Yeah, it's jlhenry.com. Yeah, don't forget the L, right? Yes, yes the L is important. There was already a J. Henry out there in the music world, so I had to throw that in there. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, thank you, Jay, for being on the show today. It was a pleasure meeting you and having you on as a guest and continued success to you and good luck at thank the uh, San thank Diego Music me. Awards Appreciate it. Uh, thank ceremony. You so uh, that does it for another edition of Music Makers San Diego, brought to you by Writers Round San Diego, putting musicians, original stories, and songs center stage, a place where San Diego songwriters come together every Monday night at Park and Rec, presented by Acoustic Spot and hosted by Story and Tune. Visit writersroundsd.com for more info. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a good one.